Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Coast to coast, border to border, and around the world. It's time for The Bill Alexander Show. The Bill Alexander Show is a guest-driven program where the topics are diverse and entertaining. Laugh and learn while you listen to one of the best hours of online radio. Now, here's your host, Bill Alexander. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show. Yours truly, Bill Alexander. Hope everything's going fine for you on this wonderful day. No matter when you're watching, no matter when you're listening, I'm glad you're able to be part of the program. Today on the show, I have an actress with me who sounds like she has two first names or two two last names. I can't figure it out, but her name is Blanca Blanco. Blanca, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you, Bill. It's such an honor to be in your show and um, definitely, you know, it's, I hear great things about your show. So, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Now I, I want to ask about your name because I, I've taken four years of Spanish in high school and, uh, uh, <laughs> don't remember any of it, but what does the word Blanco mean in Spanish? White. What does the word Blanca mean in Spanish? White, female white. <laughs> so you're white, white is what your yes. name is if we translate it. Yes, extra white <laughs> for Blanca Square. Uh, that's kind of interesting. Um, so, Blanca, I'm so glad you're able to join us tonight. And when I knew you were going to be on the program, of course, I did what everybody does as I went and looked you up on International Movie Database. And I was looking at these credits. You have you have one of the most impressive list of credits I think I've ever seen for someone at your age, because it seems like you've been doing multiple things, multiple movies every year for the last so many years. Yes, uh, I definitely I, I feel very blessed to be working a lot. And I, I've been in Los Angeles for 13 years. So I'm the first one in my family to be in the industry. So it, it's been a slow process, but I definitely feel that my, my strong work ethics, like I'm able to work on, in more movies. I get called from the same people I work with for other offers. So definitely I've been, you know, I've been staying pretty busy. <laughs> so, um, so what made you want to go into acting? Because as I, as I noticed, um, that you actually have degrees in psychology and social work, but acting is totally different than what your education is. Yeah, so acting for me was a passion since I was a kid. I would do a lot of plays and scenes, and I just enjoyed the whole process of transformation. But I also, because of my background, growing up experiencing severe poverty and and discrimination, which is, that's what Breaking the Mold is about, my book. But I I knew that in order to break the cycle, I needed to be educated. So I wanted to have my education so I can have a strong foundation. And so when I finished my master's degree, I moved to Los Angeles. And so 
I just feel more prepared. Like I was ready, but you know, also psychology and social work is very handy in my industry because I'm able to work with different group dynamics, able to understand the systems. And then also I'm able to use that for developing my characters, like the psychology of my character, like what is the background. And so it comes in very handy, but yeah, I definitely did the, the longer, you know, it took longer for me to be in LA, but I feel more prepared. Now I, I want to talk about your book first, since you, since you mentioned it, you said to me that you wrote the book during COVID because you really couldn't do anything else. <laughs> yes. So I'm definitely an overachiever when it comes to accomplishing goals every day. And I have a to-do list and I also have my goals for, for the week and, and for the year and for the next five years. So I'm definitely that type of person. <laughs> and so when I was in lockdown, I, I thought, well, what can I do? I don't want to just be watching Netflix every day. Right. It's not that bad. They have great shows, but, but I just said, I need to, you know, finally I can start working on my book. I wanted to write a book about my experiences growing up. And another thing, when I would be walking outside, I would I saw that there was more poverty, more abuse, more discrimination. And I thought, well, I'm, it's time to do my book because I want to share what worked for me as a child to be able to overcome all these hardships and still be able to do the things that I wanted to do despite not having any resources and how I was able to use techniques and strategies to get through it. So that's what my book is about. It's about overcoming hardships childhood hardships and how that what helped me get by and get survive it so you were born in the united states and then went to mexico how many how many years did you live in mexico so i lived in mexico since i was three months old until i was nine and you are a family of six right we're seven. We're seven. seven. Okay. The first few chapters is only six kids. Okay. <laughs> There's only six, six family members. We're only five kids total. Okay. But, yeah. And and then then there's one thing here, and I'm looking in the description. It talks about you had to live in a garage for two years. Yes. No hot running water. No heat. Weathering weather was frigid and you were living in Washington state at the time. What got you from Mexico to Washington? Yeah. So when we went to Washington is because my, my father had a job opportunity there to work as a um, apple picker and as a migrant worker. And so we, that's why we went there. Um, if you don't know about Lake Chelan, they're known for the apple industry. Mm-hmm. It's one of the top um, apples. And so and that's why he began working. But yeah, it's a, it was definitely a journey. But I was very happy to see the snow, you know, because I always saw it on TV. And, but then we lived in a car garage for two years because we couldn't afford to live anywhere else. But we still pay rent and but it was thin walls. Like I would go to sleep wearing my coats and mm-hmm. two or three coats and pairs of gloves. And I would go to sleep early so I could get warm by the time I go to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. What What's interesting, and I, I, I can make a connection to this because where I grew up at, we had a apple orchard near us and we had migrant workers 
come in and they would come to school with me in the spring and through the fall. And it was really interesting because you would only see them for short periods of time because being migrant workers, they would move and then they would come back every so many years. So you made these connections with these people. This is not an easy life, is it? No, and I know for us, we were very lucky as far as we stayed in the same town and, you know, forever. Like we, we didn't move. That was the only time that we moved that when we were going from the U.S. to Washington and we stayed there, we still have family there. I mean, I graduated and went to college. Like that was our foundation or home, you know, I mean, not the, not the garage, but like, right. No, no, no. I understand. Lake, Lake Chilan. And so I, I had friends that, that were migrant work, um, that were migrants also, and they, they moved every six months. And that was right. hard because you're, you know, you see your friends and then they're gone. So, so were you, were you the first one in your family to go to college and graduate? Yes. Did any of your other siblings do it? Yes. Eventually, um, all my siblings went to school and they all graduated and they, earn degrees and are working in their careers that they want so that, that mm-hmm. that's interesting um when when because how old were you when you were in the garage i was nine so you were in what third fourth grade at the time oh yeah i, I was i was definitely in third grade yeah so how was i mean i, I know this is hard to remember but i i like people to understand how did people treat you at that age? Well, like I share in Breaking the Mold, I did have experienced discrimination for being a migrant family, for being poor, for, for not speaking English well. We had language and cultural barriers, but we still work, went to school, mm-hmm. and, you know, trying to learn. But, you know, kids could be, you know, brutal. Right. And so I experienced bullying at a, you know, as a child as well. And so I definitely, um, it was, you know, like it was definitely a process that the transition to go from, from Mexico to the U S. So, um, and then one other thing, and then we'll start talking about your acting career. You lost your mother while writing the book, correct? Yes, uh, I did. I, um, it happened so fast and, um, she, I took, I helped take care of her a month before she passed away. And I was very, you know, uh, happy that I was able to help her at the end to accomplish her goals that she wanted to do before she would leave. So I helped her with that. It was very heartbreaking. And I share that in my book, I share about the loss and also the grief and how, um, I, steps that I took to be able to go from what, you know, a few weeks of dealing with the laws and then having to go to do the responsibilities of work. And so I share like some of the tools that helped me, but it was, it was definitely, no one prepares you to, you know, for that moment. Like, you know, I think that, you know, now that, that I think about it, I'm just like, wow, I just... And the thing, COVID happened, you know, during that time. So we couldn't really travel much because right. of the rules. And then also, I, none of us wanted to get our parents sick, you know. Mm-hmm. And so they, they didn't die from COVID. They died from, I mean, he, she passed away from heart condition. 
but we still had to deal with the COVID thing because in the hospital, for example, even though after she was diagnosed terminal and they, she was given like two weeks, um, they wouldn't allow us to stay overnight with her. Well, I mean, I know not the whole family can stay, but like at least one person. Um, and so because of COVID, so I had to do, you know, advocate for my mom to make sure that she had at least one person in the hospital. Right. Because when you're being diagnosed terminal, the anxiety and depression happens, happens more in the dark, in the night. So I wanted her to have some company there. And so uh, I had to do a lot of, you know, that type of work. Like I had to, I used my degree to navigate the system, you know, and I was able to get my mom to get, you know, have more support in the, in, you know, despite of the COVID. So, but I feel bad for the people that went through the COVID loss and, and, you know, you couldn't even have them a funeral. Uh-huh. You know, we were able to. Um, yeah. with, with everything that you've gone through, has that helped you with your acting career? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because not every day, all the emotions, we have so many emotions and characters are, you know, basically what makes a character, 80% is emotions. So experiencing different type of uh, emotional changes and, and even loss, all that you're able to use to, you know, work on your character as well. So I, it helps you also as therapeutic too, whenever, mm-hmm. when you do a scene with something that is similar, you're, you know, you're experiencing, and then you just feel like, a, like almost you had a therapy session. Mm-hmm. It feels like that after you're done working. So I, it's just like, you know, definitely very helpful. Like for me, I was able to, to use that as a way of coping. So I, I'm going through your list of credits and the first one shows 2008. You were in a, you were in a, a, a piece called Dark Real. You were Claudia, but you were not credited. And then you start going through this and you start noticing that you become a lead character. How did that transition happen over a period of time? Well, when I first moved to Los Angeles, I, that was one of my first projects I booked. I was non-union at that time. Okay. And so, but I booked just a small role and then eventually I was able to, they made my role bigger and the, I ended up working more days. And so that same producer called me a couple years later for another movie. And then it's just like, it just happened. It's a slow process, but I just continue with my auditions, with preparation, with taking workshops. And it just, slowly but surely it happens you start getting more and more more work um are there certain roles that you like because i've noticed that you've worked with one actor recently by the name of john savage which some of us have seen some of his previous work Uh, do you like working with him yes uh, i enjoy working with him because he's very passionate about his roles and and then he he comes from a you know a process of finding it within your you like you you start from with you with your characters so um, definitely he I learned a lot from him with uh, working with him. So I also noticed and and again this is one of the questions because when I I do research 
I start looking at roles. And you did a TV series called Tale of Tales. You were Lola. When you took this job, did they tell you really what the character was about and what you were going to be wearing? Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, they did. And, um, you know, before I was playing, like, I've done a lot of roles as a doctor, as a nurse. and Yeah. I really, I read the script and I just, I, I had some rules in my contract of things that I could not, I would not approve. Um, and so we agreed and I decided to take it because that character is such a complicated character, so much going on that I just thought it would be fun to create it. And, and so and for, and and for those who, and for those who don't know what it is and you need, you need to find this because I watched a couple episodes. Hmm. Blanca plays a stripper. I mean, it's the best way to put it. Yeah. And I'm and, and I'm watching it going, okay. And then I got into the story. Now, when you did this in 2021, what did your family say? Because I always ask this question about from actresses who end up doing roles like this. Did the family say anything or were they okay with it? How did that work? No, my family, they were very supportive because they, they know that you know the characters that I do. There's some that it's like something that I have passion about, and really, I the my character was a dancer, but I really didn't dance. It was just like a couple, right? You know, shots. <laughs> but my character was very uh, key for to you know solving this crime that happened on season one. So so she is definitely like I didn't you know, feel like uncomfortable with it because okay. I wasn't like the um, the dancer. Like I, I, that right. was my role as I was a dancer, but really like I didn't do any of the stuff that actually the dancers do. Yeah. Um, and then I, and then I started looking at it and I saw that one. And then I started looking at these other films that you're doing that seem more like they're meant for families to watch. Oh yeah. I do like, a lot of kids movies. Um, I, like I know you wonder why did you do kids movies and then you did this dancing if you look at the dancing one you will see the arc of, of my character and then the story is based on true events and um, okay. I definitely like not something that I'm, I'm not proud of uh, I'm definitely proud and the kids movies is great because I work in Europe and it's nice to work with kids and dogs everything you know because I you did uh what six children one grandfather you did um what mission possible uh a dog of chris the dog of christmas which you played a uh a very interesting heiress who does not like animals whatsoever <laughs> um but as as i watch these you say i didn't realize this you for you you film these in europe you said where oh in europe yeah um so why do they film there and not in the states um it's just the production where different okay. locations do, so, do you do you rather would you i mean you're getting a trip out of the deal of course you'd rather <laughs> go overseas i can understand that but um but you like doing that type of work where you're going out how long are you are how how long are you on a set for when you're doing something like that um about a couple of months Okay. But even when you go for auditions, like I don't really ask. Like usually, you 
you know the location is somewhere, you know, but not until right, you of course. all the details. But it's always, for me, it's a good experience to get to travel for free <laughs> and, um, and be able to go to a different country. Like I've done movies in Monaco, Italy, um, yeah, France, and, and here, like, and even Canada. I've done movies in Canada. So of the movies you've done, do you have a favorite? Well, it's kind of hard to find a favorite one because I, I love whenever I work on a character, I get so attached to the environment, like the people around me, the okay. characters. But I, I was very, I did a movie, Betrayed, and I played the, the antagonist. And okay. I won Best Supporting Actress for that role. And I had a really fun time developing that character. And it was my first role like that and, and first time winning an award. And you were you were actually the character's name was Melanie, correct? Melanie, yes. And it was, and then again, another film with uh, John Savage in it. Wow. So, um, it, and and looking through it, I, I've read some stuff about it. It seems like it's a very good picture. Unfortunately, I haven't seen it yet. But you uh, like that? You like being the antagonist? You like doing that type of work? Well, that was my first time being the antagonist, and and it was I, I was very natural. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of training is what you're saying yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. no it was it was definitely I, I enjoyed it uh, you know as as an actor you're trained not to judge your characters you go in you cannot really think oh this is not socially acceptable I should not be doing this the right. character you just gotta do develop the character and remove your judgment so uh, that's the way I look at my characters. I just, if it's a great script and Betrayed was based on a true story. So uh, human trafficking. So I thought that story needs, you know, needs, you know, to be out there. And so it's a strong female character and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to do it. <laughs> so I was going through, I was going through the list of some of the things you've done and seen some of the actors that you worked with and one of them, which you worked with, was Burt Young. Oh, yeah. Who has been everywhere when it comes to films, especially in the 80s. And most people most people know him for when he was in the uh, he was I mean, he was in MASH. He was in he was in Chinatown. He was in. Um, let's see what else. Uh, Serpico. He was in, he was doing Rockford Files. He was doing all this stuff and he was Rocky's brother-in-law, Polly. How was that working with, I mean, I could call him a legend in a film like, in, in films like that you've done with him. Yeah, Bert, he was such a sweetheart. We worked in Monaco together and that's what the first time I met him. And so he was just like the grandpa of the okay. show and, and he's very you know specific with you know certain actors like he might enjoy more of the company than the others but um he was very very nice to me and to you know the, the producers and he was just a pro I mean he just showed up and ready to go and and I, I learned a lot from him and I, I always when I work with people that are you know very obviously iconic like he is I always you know Ask them any advice they have for, for like newcomers, you know, like for me and and they're 
they're always happy to share because he's like a grandpa, you know? Like, uh-huh. he's like oh, okay, yeah, he's me, like <laughs> all the things that I can do and and that the things that I'm doing, Brian. Like, you know, he's just like very likes to share his knowledge. What? Because I, 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 to me, if I was on the set with him and realized he was there, I would be falling all over myself because I'm much older than you are. And I remember his list of things that he was in because, again, he's one of these guys that he was in everything during a 20, 25 year times frame, which, again, is amazing that you had the opportunity to work with him. Is there uh, is there other than him? Is there actors that you've worked with that have really impressed you other than John Savage or Burt Young? Yeah, I mean, I have worked with amazing actresses and actors and I just you know I I can't really think of I mean I did a movie with um Sally Kirkland and she oh is wow a okay she's a pro she's been also my acting teacher for many years and so you know it's just nice to work with people that are their acting is very you know like real like there, yeah. it's not too like the way that they are able to get to the character is like innate you know it comes from within um so and sally kirkland is like that she's and she's always like um she's been mentoring me for many years any questions i have she's always very you know she loves to to share her knowledge and experience so you've worked with kids and you've worked with dogs i've always heard never work with kids and never work with dogs do you have that problem (laughs) No, because uh, I mean the kids—they're—they were well behaved, but they—they they do have short term, and you know, like their energy is like right, yeah. But I'm, you know, that's you know that from kids. It's, that's not a, like a new thing, but you know, dogs. I didn't like the. It's amazing. Like the dogs were so well behaved, uh-huh. maybe better than the kids. <laughs> yeah, for real. And then they had. They have like their, you know, their assistant for the dogs. Right. So when after each take, they will just take the dogs, and so they were not like, you know, dogs that are just like barking. Like mm-hmm. they were like so professional. I was impressed. So there is um, a scene, and I like I said, I've seen so many of what you a dog for Christmas, or the dog of Christmas. I'm sorry. Yeah. And there. It, it, is it chocolate pudding that gets thrown on you? Yeah, it's chocolate pudding. <laughs> and how was, many how many takes did it take oh to get it God. just right? No, and you know what the worst part was? That it was like super cold when we did that scene. It was super cold, and I had and I was just that day. It was just me and and like you know no more no more scenes with the kids. It was just me and um i mean it was a big production but i had just gone from from the doctor because i had a high fever okay and and so i had a fever when i did the scene (laughs) but i didn't want to miss work you know back then you you don't have the covid you know like right right so it's like now you can't do that stuff like that so i went there because you know i had i got some medication i was feeling better but when like we did like maybe like 10 takes of the the chocolate thrown in my face and it was super cold and I have it, you know, a little dress. 
And so, so yeah, it was very interesting. Yeah, because I couldn't imagine if it was more than one take getting cleaned up every time. Yeah, that's why it took longer. Like yeah. the clean up, and then also the wardrobe because I was going to say how many how many of those dresses did they have? They so had you... a few, but a couple times I got lucky and we get the same. Okay, but yeah, it's definitely like so many. You look at so many layers, I guess, to make that. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> we got it we finally got it you know so I, I will ask you because that would be considered one do you do your own stunts you couldn't have asked a stand-in come in for the chocolate pudding or anything oh yes they, they do have they do have that but you know i, I really didn't mind that like okay it was like you know nothing you know but in the beginning when i started acting i would do my own stunts i would like you know, you just do what, it, but now it's like certain projects, you know, they, they have like the, the stunt, but for this, the chocolate thing, really, it was not a big right. deal. Like, it's like, no, I can, I can handle it. <laughs> so I'm looking through this. You have one that came out called the downside of bliss and you're playing a social worker in that with your education background, did it, pretty much get you in character for that role since you do have a background in that yes it definitely did because i was able to when i was working on my character i you know normally i research like how what is their typical day what you know what this requires what you know personalities and i did that for four four years and i have a master's degree in that so i was able to use my my background and and that was like, you know, it was fun, you know, like, oh, okay, it's coming in. I'm able to use it, you know. So you you were a social worker for four years? Yeah, I, I work as a hospice social worker in L.A. for four years. And was there a reason why you left or you just wanted to follow the passion of acting? Well, I went to L.A. to pursue acting. But in the beginning, the reality is it takes it takes time. For you okay. to start having steady income and to join the union. And most of the time, people that come to LA, they're they go into waitressing or or they do side jobs because you you know it takes a while. So right. I think, well, I'm gonna use my degree so that way I can have you know like some income, steady income, and then because I still have to pay for I you know acting classes, everything right. I have to do. So that's why I did it, and I did it for four years. So I'm looking at this and there's a couple things that say TV series. Are they running on TV or are they done in an episodic way that would be done like TV that stream online? Oh yeah. I done a few films that were TV films like on lifetime, okay. sci-fi. Okay. Yes. Okay. That's interesting because I didn't I didn't realize this because you have one coming out that's in post production right now called Ember, and is it uh, is it done as a movie for TV or is it done as a episodic? You know I'm not sure how they're gonna do the that okay. production side, but I can tell you that it's probably gonna be episodic. Oh like, really? I, I don't want like to you know speak something that i don't have information but it was fun working on that project my my character was 
had special powers. So like the, the a lot of CGI special effects on the eyes, and then the you know it, it's it, it was a fun, and we're probably gonna be shooting more of that. So I think it's gonna be episodic. Interesting. So if you had the choice to do TV or film, would you rather, which one would you rather do? You know, and if it um, was going to be over a period of time. So say you were on a TV series, would you rather do that? Or would you rather just do one movie every year, every two years? You know, I just like making characters. And for me, like, it would be nice to just go to one place. Like, I just know, I just go to the studio every right. Monday through Friday or, or whatever the schedule is. But then, you know, the good things about doing films, you're in different areas every time. And it's like a new, new thing. So, so I'm open. I, I love TV and I love film. So whatever, as long as I like the character, I enjoy it. So what would you rather do? Comedy, drama? I like suspense, drama. Drama. Why is that? Because it's so, so different for me. Like I am more of a calm person and I try to be very, you know, like, like I'm like the mom of my group of friends, you know, like always like they come to me or the counselor, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. And so I, I, you know, I like to help people. And, and so I just feel that drama, it's like so different for me. And so it's just fun, just fun. It make it, it's more complicated, more complex. And so I really enjoy the whole process of creating that. What about soap operas? Because for some reason, I could see you doing one of those. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's nothing wrong with soap operas. I mean, it's, you know, like I say, it's all about the the, the story or the, the character, character. Yeah. So, yeah, I just I haven't done a soap opera, but yeah, I'm open to it. Um, of all the characters you've done, is there any one that you like more than another or there ones that you wish you wouldn't have done? No, I think every experience you grow from it. So I will not like diminish that. So I, I just love all the characters that I that I do. Now, I don't have any regrets <laughs> so far. Well, that's good. Um, <laughs> also, there's another thing too, and I've noticed this and I didn't know, and I'll ask you, but there's a couple of things that you've done that say they're shorts. Yeah. Are they short films is what they're referencing to them as? Yeah, they're short films. And, you know, when I first moved to L.A., like I need to get experience. I need to to have just like, you know, like, you know, basically more 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 in, in my resume. And so I did more short films in the beginning and then you know, with time, like you will have a friend that will say, Hey, I'm doing a short film for this. And I will like be, okay, sure. I will do it. So okay. it's, it's just like personal projects as I'm older, you know, if I do a short film, which is rare, but if I do, it's usually a friend that I'm like, okay, let, I, I will support you. So I've seen there, you have one writing credit for a mini movie. Do you like writing or would you rather have someone else write the words for you? No, I, I don't really. I mean, I obviously wrote a book, but I'm not a screenwriter. Okay. Uh, I was just like a special project that I did for, with my friend. Okay. Because I was yeah. just curious about that because I, I've, of other people that I've talked to 
some say they would rather write than they would rather act, but they still do both. Oh, no, yeah. My main focus is acting for me. Yeah. Okay. Do you have anything big coming up on the horizons? Well, I have Eye for Eye, which is a Western, is coming out um, this year. I, I don't know what day. A lot of things got really slow with, you know, COVID. So sometimes right. this year it will be, and I, it's, it takes place in 1800s and um i'm you know it, it was a fun character to make and i worked in the summer in montana oh okay so uh, doing a western like that how long did it take you to film it i was just there for a month it, it was it was quick okay yeah so you we, enjoy i worked you would... on, like like i i worked pretty much you know like Monday through Friday and had a couple of days off or one day off. So long hours, like, you know, 12 hour days. So it, they, you know, I, I, I was there and then, so, so it kind of worked out, you know, because then after I finished that's that's when I was able to go in and, and stay in Washington for a few months. Okay. So with everything you've done and everything you are about to do, because um, again, I see you have uh, Harnessing the Rain that was just announced that you're going to be in. You have, uh, what is it, Spicosix, which is another one that you are going to be in. Uh, Finding Nicole, which is uh, pre-production. Ember and Eye for Eye are in post-production. You have a lot of work coming up. How are you able to separate these things to be able to do them? Just taking one day at a time. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, it just takes a lot of planning, a lot of organi organizing. And the thing is, uh, a lot of things have changed with COVID. A lot of the schedule has changed. So, but usually I try to, that's the way it happens. Like you, you might not have anything for two months and then you have like three movies at the same time. Okay. And you have to just, you know, just schedule it. And, you know, the schedule will change with time, but but I don't stress about it anymore because in the beginning I would be so stressed, like, oh my God, like what am I gonna do? How is that gonna work? And right. then you realize everything can everything works out. So um how how many auditions do you go on? Um on average. To, well, be, before the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah before before the, I would do a lot of self-tapes and um and also a few you know in person. But I think I was doing maybe like eight a week. Wow. And how many of those did you actually get phone calls from? So see, the, you could go to 10 auditions and maybe get uh -huh. one call back. It's, okay. a very, it's like the chances of you getting the casting, it's very low. Okay. So that's why you just got to keep going to auditions as much as you can, because eventually you're going to book something. So like, um, I know that you know, I, I tend to get a lot of callbacks. Okay. So that's, you know, with time, so many, so many additions I've done that it's just like, now I'm, I'm in that category of, you know, I, I get called back. I okay. go to the studios and everything. So I'm heading the, the right direction to even book, get even more bookings, but I've been booking a lot anyways, but it's like when it gets to the point where I'm at the level where I'm booking like all the time, then I will, wonder how i'm gonna do the bookings you know like the schedules <laughs> right 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 so 
we talked about your movie career. We talked about your book. Another question for you about the book is, are you planning on writing another one or was that just one and done? Mm, I you know, I, I've been thinking about it. I've been getting a lot of great responses from people and I feel that that book could have a sequel. Okay. I want to make it into a movie or a film. Oh, okay. I, I feel that I can, I think it will be a strong one because it covers so much. It covers so many areas that are the people can relate nowadays. And, and so that's, uh, maybe I will, you know, consider doing that. So you are, and I consider a very, a young actress doing this. What advice would you have for someone younger than you wanting to get started? Well, the first advice is like when you come to LA and if you don't have any family in the industry, don't get discouraged. It just means that you just got to learn how to navigate the system. And also you just have to work harder. Um, and with time, you start meeting people, the, the, the right people that you can have, that have your back, you know, that are part of your circle and and you can, you know, it just takes time for that because there's a lot of people that they're not nice in Los Angeles. Like when I first moved, I met a lot of crazy people in LA and I'm like, what, this is totally like not my style, like very superficial people. And I thought, well, I guess I, it will take time until I find the right. right people because yeah, I moved here with no family, nobody. Like I just, it's just me and I, and I couldn't, it just takes a while to meet the 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 right people and um you know don't get discouraged you just have to work harder if you don't have any family and with everything we've talked about is there anything that i missed that you would like to share no just um you know about breaking the mold one of the messages i wanted to share is that you know challenges make us stronger not weaker so that's something that maybe if i could just you know, gave a message to someone is that um, we grow from experiences. So it is definitely a positive way to look at traumas when we look at traumas. Well, Blanca, thank you very much for joining me. This was a total pleasure. And I'd love to have you back on the show again sometime in the future so we can talk more about what you're working on and uh, how far your career is going, because I wish you the best of luck. And again, your your list of credits is amazing for the just the short period of time that you've mm -hmm. been doing this. So again, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Bill. I appreciate it. Thank and you. Bye-bye. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. A big thank you goes out to Blanca Blanco for joining me. I really appreciate that. Had a great time talking to her. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. So thank you, everybody, for watching The Bill Alexander Show. I really appreciate it. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to The Bill Alexander Show. The Bill Alexander Show is a million-dollar baby production. For more information, go to thebillalexandershow.com. It's always the right time to dress to impress. This season, step out in style with Indochino. They make high-quality custom-fitted suits, shirts, and casual wear, all at a surprisingly affordable price. Each Indochino piece is made to your unique measurements and specifications. Suits start from just $4.29. Dress to impress this season with Indochino. Get $50 off any purchase of $3.99 or more 
by using promo code IMPRESS at Indochino.com. That's Indochino.com, promo code IMPRESS. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. 